So our special guest today is Sarah Jules. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Sarah, and how you got started in the horror genre. Uh, well, I suppose my love of horror started fairly young. Um, my nan and Carol, <laughs> bless her heart, she used to um, go to the market on a Wednesday and she'd always come back with a book for me. Yeah. As I got a little bit older, maybe 13, she started bringing back Stephen King books and Jeffrey Diva books. And for years, that's that's pretty much all I read, just Stephen King, Jeffrey Diva. Um, and around that same time, one summer holidays, I was a little bit bored. And um, I found a list of the top 100 horror films and decided that that summer I was going to work my way down the entire list. And that's what I did. And it was horror films, you know, the old fashioned slashes, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, um, all that fun, really gory stuff. Brilliant. So what was the first horror story that you ever wrote? Um, So my first book, I'm never really sure whether to categorise it as a horror or a thriller, and I think it kind of walks the line between both. Mm. So my first book was Found You, and um, I published it about a year ago. It was, I think I published it October 14th last year. Um, It was a bit of a labour of love. So a bit of background on me, I suppose, is that um, I used to be a teacher, and left teaching um, due to, you know, the impact on mental health and and it was just a crazy time. And I didn't really know what else to do with my life and so I stumbled into freelance writing. Um, So I obviously, I had a degree, I had a master's degree and I was like, I need to find something else that I can do with this. Um, And I signed up for some freelancer websites and started ghostwriting for clients doing memoirs and, and things like that. So... I've now been doing that for five years. I run a writing services company. It's Sarah Jules Writing. Um, so I do ghostwriting, editing, proofreading, and all that fun stuff. Um, so I spent the last few years writing books for other people. And I always used to joke that I didn't have any ideas for myself. And that's why I did ghostwriting, because other people told me what to write. Yeah. Um, and then... A few people have been saying to me, you know, just do it, just write a book and see what happens. So that's that's how I actually started. I thought the main reason I jumped into into this sort of genre is that I'd seen, you know, certain um, indie authors like Freedom at Fadden going crazy big um, <laughs> for writing fairly simple books and I was like well if she can do it I can do it (laughs) so um I thought you know let's give it a go um and that's how I wrote found you fantastic and how's that gone for you well I mean it's been a bit of a, a learning curve so when I first started the process I was like right I want to be traditionally published I want to do it you know properly so I started the whole process of trying to find agents and and all that jazz and I had some pretty good feedback just nobody really wanted to take the book on and I thought I gave myself a timeline and I was like if I haven't had an agent pick it up within the next six months then I'm just going to self-publish it and 
and that's what I did and I think it's taken me a solid year to kind of learn the ins and outs of self-publishing and because it's not something that people really seem to talk about a lot or they they didn't I think it's getting a bit better now yeah Um, so I kind of stumbled through self-publishing on my own for the first few months and then found um a bit of a community so um Jim Odie I'm sure you know him he's a brilliant author um invited me to join his little group on Facebook of UK horror authors and from there I just kind of learned how to do it better (laughs) because it's just such a crazy thing to do and and nobody tells you how to do it and and Amazon's always throwing spanners in the works if you self-publish and just having people to have as a sounding board was kind of a turning point for me because seeing all these other people do it and release these incredible books through self-publishing in doing that I found my my people my niche yeah I can't imagine doing anything other than indie publishing now you've got more control haven't you when you do indie publishing yeah and and you've got a group of people I can only imagine that being traditionally published feels fairly lonely but the the community especially through books of horror and and platforms like that it's so it's such a fun time to be an indie author because you get to connect with readers you get to connect with other authors and the tides are turning and I do think indie authors are going to be making some pretty big waves in the publishing community over the next few years yeah I agree there so walk us through the process of how you develop a story idea so where do you get your ideas from so I normally start um when when I finish a book I've normally got another few ideas in my head for the next one yeah um I'm absolutely terrible I've got about five books that are half written at the minute and (laughs) they're just sitting there staring at me um so the the only way that I can finish writing a book is to plan out the entire thing chapter by chapter, which is annoying and takes a lot of time. Yeah. I'm definitely not somebody that just does it by the seat of the pants. I have to sit and I have to plan. And I think that maybe comes from the ghostwriting side of things because in ghostwriting, you're telling somebody else's story using as close to their words as you can. So it does have to be planned out properly. It has to be well thought out and intricate. And I think I've just kind of trained myself to work like that. So the ideas that I get kind of come from all over the place, really. So my first book, Found You, um, was a revenge horror, I suppose, revenge horror thriller. And um, it's based on a teacher. So my background is teaching. And it goes between two different viewpoints. So the teacher, it's present time. And then the other character, Savannah, it's a story that's told a few years before. Um, And her story kind of resonated with my own in a way because um, so she struggled quite badly with bullies and, um, you know, just getting through university life in one piece. Yeah. Um, So... I think a lot of the stories come from, you know, people that you meet, things that happen to you, places that you go. My second book, um, Don't Lie, is based on um, 
a group of university friends that go on a final blowout to a lone caravan on a clifftop. And that story actually came from the fact that I went on holiday with my family and there was this lone caravan on a clifftop and I was like, oh, I wonder what kind of people would go there and what would happen. Fantastic. So how do you go about creating your characters for your stories? For me, characters kind of always come second. So I have a very basic storyline in my head before I make the characters and then... I like to plan, same with everything, I plan them out in detail. I even have a little Pinterest board of <laughs> of photos that I think might look a bit similar to, to the characters in my book. Yeah. And um, I plan everything out from personality to the way that they speak. Some characters speak with contractions, things like that, um, and others speak more formally. Uh, I always like to plan backgrounds. And I think that maybe comes from playing The Sims as a child. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love that. And I just used to love creating backstories for, for people. And for me, I think that's the best part of the writing process. I love making characters. And if that's all I could do and I didn't have to write the book afterwards, I think that's all I would do. So what particular tools or like your software do you use to keep track of like your story, your plot lines and characters? So I write in Word. I'm I'm really simple. Um, and everything else I actually do on paper or on whiteboards. So I have a stash of whiteboard pens and I have glass patio doors. <laughs> so <laughs> I just write all over the patio doors and plan the story out like that. From that, it then gets put onto revision cards. So I have <laughs> like a little ring binder. Uh, I'm insufferable, aren't I? It's terrible. I have a ring binder (laughs) (laughs) of uh, revision cards. So I have one for plot, one for characters. And um, that's how I I keep the story going. From that, I then type it into the Word document. So as I'm writing the book, I've already got all the chapters laid out in front of me and I just have to to write what I've written the notes of. It's brilliant. I mean, it works for you. I mean, there's a lot of people who do the seat of the pants don't they and then there's yeah. a the plot everything down to the very fine detail as I'd as... never finish a book if I did that I've tried that before and that's why I've got so many that are half finished <laughs> <laughs> sorry um yeah it's uh I think it's down to the author isn't it of what yeah. works best for them but yeah, yeah. It, it's nice to know how authors do it because every single author is completely different oh definitely definitely and if I said to somebody I plan out every single detail they might look at me like I'm an alien but then when they're saying they just wing it and see what happens I'm like how on earth can you do that and stay on track and (laughs) and manage to finish it I would love to be able to do that I think it's incredible when authors can do that I'm I'm completely in awe when they say they can (laughs) I think it's incredible how they um I've had some authors on that have said that they they know the ending and they work the way backwards. Oh, oh God. <laughs> that sounds like torture. Yeah, I'll take my hats off to him. That's, that's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so do you normally sort of like explore any themes or messages in your stories, even if you're doing it, I don't know, on purpose or it just flows into your work? I think a lot of my books are based around people 
Um, I'd like to think that they're fairly character-driven, and I think that does tend to come across. Um, I just, I like when things take you by surprise, so that's something that I'm always trying to, to include in my books. And, and I once heard somebody say that horror can't have twists because yeah. that makes it a thriller. And I'm like, no, no, think about all those horror films that you watched as a kid, you know, Friday the 13th. It's not Jason, it's his mum. Like, you would have never guessed that. So I think I like to write horror with twists and I like to take things that might sound fairly mundane and make them tricky. Yeah. So um, another big theme, I think, and I think I do it subconsciously, um, and I've only just realised this talking to you now, trying to think what's similar between both <laughs> of my books, um, <laughs> mental health. Uh, both of my main characters in both books have ongoing mental health issues, whether it's caused by the events that happen in the book or whether it's come from before. And mental health is something that's fairly close to my heart anyway. Um, so the reason that I left teaching was that I was struggling really bad with my mental health. I've um, diagnosed depression, anxiety. You know what? Most writers have that, I think. <laughs> it tends to come through in the work. Um, but, yeah, I think mental health and kind of talking about it in a way that makes it not sensationalised. It's just a normal thing that that character is dealing with and it's not necessarily the whole plot of the book. Yeah. I think with horror, you can do more or less whatever you want to. Yeah. Um, as long as it's sort of like within the horror bounds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've had... Um, a review that said uh, that novellas shouldn't have twists. What? Yeah. What's the point then? <laughs> but, um, yeah, but twists are good. I think, as you say, Friday the 13th, you would never have expected it to be his mum. No. So, yeah, I, I do think that twists are good in horror. Um, and I think it's allowed, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. If I read three, a 300-page book and there wasn't a single twist in it, I'd be pretty peeved, to be honest. <laughs> but... <laughs> so are any of your characters inspired by your own experiences? I know you sort of, like, touched on this. Yeah. Um, not specific people. Um, although... People have said to me, without going into too much detail, oh, that character reminds me of so-and-so <laughs> that you knew at school. And I was like, oh, yeah, that might have been a little bit on purpose. But it's not necessarily inspired by specific people, more specific personality traits that maybe I didn't particularly like in the person. Or, and I really like... and. and I had a, um, a lovely review and it was a five-star review and this person said it was, you know, cracking butt, loved it, hated every single character in it. And I was like, I love that because I like writing hateful characters. I, I yeah. just love writing because we're all flawed and we all try and hide how flawed we are. So I'm just like, why not make it really, really visible just how awful most people are <laughs> not all people <laughs> but in it's really easy to write 
you know, in the stereotypical way of the virgin dies, you know, um, once they've had sex, you know, the black person dies first and, and all that stuff. And I'm just like, but let's look at the personality behind them and let's make that the reason why they're being targeted, not anything superficial like race or, or you know, the choices that they're making about the body. Let's make it, you know, these are hateful people and hateful things are happening to them. <laughs> yeah. You have to make them relatable, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, you know, in every character that there's redeeming factors because nobody's all bad. Even the killers aren't all bad. Everybody's got a reason for doing what they do. And I I like when characters have, you know, multiple layers, you can be like, I hate this about them. But I kind of understand why they are that way because of this. Yeah. So what's the hardest part about writing a book in the horror genre? Oh, I mean, writing a book in general is hard. <laughs> and anybody, say, anybody who says that writing a book is easy, I think they're either deluded <laughs> or they're lying. Yeah. Um, especially when you know when you work a full-time job or you've got children or you know real life gets in the way so writing any book anybody that's written and published a book I take my hat off to because there's a lot of care and effort and time gone into that yeah but writing in the horror genre specifically I think the hardest thing is people outside of the genre and their preconceptions about what it is that you write. And that's why I wanted to market my first book more as a, a horror thriller, emphasis on thriller yeah. than just pure horror. Because if you say to somebody that you write horror books, as somebody, you know, that reads May Binge or, you know, those, because I like those books too. But if you tell somebody that's not a horror reader that you write horror, they immediately look at you as if to say, well, what's gone wrong in your life that makes you yeah. want to write horror? Why do you like scary films? Why do you like scary books? So the preconceptions of of what it is that you write, I think is the hardest bit to, to overcome. And yeah. I would say to anybody that says they don't like horror, they probably do if they read some of those thrillers out there because a lot of those, if they were marketed differently would be horror books yeah. some thrillers do sort of like cross cross the genre don't they yeah and i think it is all down to how they market them um horrors and thrillers a lot of the themes are similar and and maybe the only thing to distinguish the two is a little bit of gore or you know some something that's a little bit of a harder subject to approach yeah. So what's been the most difficult scene that you've ever had to write? Oh, difficult scene. I'm not sure about a specific scene in general, um, but the hardest part for me is when you finish writing a book and you realise that, you know, there's scenes missing that you then need to go back and add. Yeah. So going because when I finish the first draft, I have that oh I'm done fabulous feeling, and then you realise actually no I have to go back I have to edit I have to 
you know, adding all the extra detail that I missed in the first pass. Yeah. So writing, writing the additional scenes after, especially when, so my mum and my auntie, shout out to them, they, they're my beta readers every time and they are brutal. <laughs> they will say, you need to add more on this character. This scene needs elaborating on. Take that out. It's not relevant. And if they say to me, you need to add more scenes about this in, I always want to cry a little bit because the thought of going back and adding extra scenes to a book that in my mind was already finished yeah I find really difficult because it's just a pain in the ass <laughs> <laughs> so but we need them we need the we need people like that to tell us when when it's not as good as it could be yeah it's always nice to have that support as well yeah and I'd rather people say if there's something missing than just say oh yeah no it's great yeah just give me the feedback I can take feedback (laughs) I don't mind which is why I don't necessarily mind reviews that are a little bit lower than I would like especially if they're constructive because nobody goes into a book wanting to hate a book so if if a writer maybe says I would have liked a little bit more of this um a reviewer sorry I'd like a little bit more of this in this book then I'm like, do you know what? Fair enough. Maybe that's something that we can look at the next time. Yeah. So that moves on to our next question, actually. Um, memorable feedback. Um, have you got any that you can share with us? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I had, um, I, I do, I'm, I'm terrible. I go back and read every single review. Um, I'm that person. Um, and... I know that, you know, reviews are for readers, blah, blah, blah. But if yeah. if a reader has taken the time to leave a really well thought out review, then I'd like to, you know, thank them for doing that. Even if it's, you know, not the best review, somebody's taken the time to, to sit and read your book and write a review. And I think that needs to be, you know, acknowledged. Because as indie authors, I mean, you'll know this, we basically live for reviews reviews are what gets our book out there reviews are what makes it more visible and we need that and as much as it's irritating (laughs) to have to you know go can you please leave a review if you liked it (laughs) um if somebody's taken the time to do that there especially when you've not asked i think that's brilliant so (laughs) maybe my most memorable uh, memorable review was again from jim uh he you know what he's like with his reviews and um there was a line that made me absolutely wet myself laughing uh i've just seen if i can just find the review here we go so the different points of view allow the reader to fully understand the depth of each character the veil is pulled back slightly but we are only teased with morsels a mere nip slip of what they might truly be yeah. And I have never, ever heard anybody use the word nip slip in a review before. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got any exciting projects that you're currently working on, Sarah? Yeah, so I'm currently working on book three um, and four, five and six, but <laughs> book, book three mainly. Um, so I've done... Um, psychological horror thriller that was my first book I've done slasher horror that was my second book 
and now I'm doing uh, paranormal horror and the book after that will likely be fantasy horror <laughs> so I'm kind of trying to work my way through all the genres and in in the horror world and just see what aligns most with what I want to do um yeah. so my next book is called you invited it in um and I'm about halfway through writing it at the minute it's about um a psychic cleaning service so it's a little into people's houses who believe experiencing um, psychic phenomena and she basically preys on them. She, she charges people who are grieving, people who are mentally ill to cleanse their house of evil spirits and whatever. She's one of those, you know, that goes in with the sage and lavender sprays and in this book she goes to visit um, a single father and after that visit um, some terrible absolutely horrific spooky things start happening in his house and he realises yeah. that she may have inadvertently brought something in with her so I'm really excited about that book and um, I just I love I, I love ghost stories and I love anything paranormal. I, that's all I watch are horror films. And if it's paranormal, that's always a bonus. Love anything like that. So writing this book, while it's it's been quite a challenge to to be motivated to keep going, yeah. I'm really excited for the outcome. And I do think it's going to be the best one yet. Fantastic. It sounds really good, to be fair. Good story. So... What advice would you give to aspiring writers who want to break into the horror genre? Just write. Just write. If that you can't edit a blank page, I think Stephen King said that. And even the first pass is always gonna be a bit shit. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter. Just write, write whatever you want to write about and don't ever let anybody tell you that a certain genre or niche is not marketable. That doesn't matter. We're not all going to be Pulitzer Prize winners, but we can all write a really good story. And success isn't about, you know, having hundreds of thousands of sales and making money off it. Most authors I know make very little off, off their writing. They all have secondary jobs. Yeah. Um, so just go into it with... Just give yourself some grace and just write. It doesn't matter what you've got on the page, just write. And try and make a habit of it. And this is hypocritical for me to say because I am terrible at this. Even if you just write three or 400 words a day, it adds up. So try and get into a habit of doing it. Maybe do it first thing on the morning and then it's done. Just, just write and reach out to other authors I, I love it when when people reach out to me especially because you know I'm a fairly small indie author I yeah. love when people reach out and say what do you think of this idea um can you maybe give me some advice on this and find a community that will support you there's plenty of groups on Facebook Instagram even TikTok I recently joined TikTok and I feel far too old for it um but 
there are people around that want to help and that will be supportive for no other reason than they want you to succeed. Not everybody's looking for, you know, to make money off you. Yeah. If you find your people, people that are supportive and kind and honest, so they'll tell you, you know, if something doesn't work, they're the people that you want around you and lean on them if they're allowing you to do it. Don't feel bad about it because we all have to lean on people at different times. Yeah, that's right. We all need support, don't we? And it makes it less lonely because writing a book is a really lonely thing to do. You have to sit by yourself. You have to sit and just write. And it's just you and a blank page and a computer. So if you can find people, especially people that like writing in a similar genre to you, then then embrace them with open arms and don't let them go. That's right. So where can the listeners find your books and follow you? So my books are, they're both available on Amazon. It's Sarah Jules. So the books are Don't Lie and Found You. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's at Sarah Jules Writing. I'm on Facebook and that's Sarah Jules Writing. I'm on TikTok now, which is really embarrassing. And if you want a good laugh, you can definitely just follow that because I am terrible at it. <laughs> That's uh, Sarah Jules author because somebody had taken Sarah Jules writing. So I'm all over the place. And um, Don't Lie is available on more platforms than Found You. So I think it's available on Barnes & Noble and sites like that as well. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. You're very well.